Welcome to the Divorce Survival Guide podcast, where we have open and honest conversations about co-parenting, separation, divorce, and the hardest question of all, should you stay or should you go? I'm Kate Anthony, your Divorce Survival Guide, and I'm here to help you navigate some of the roughest waters you've ever swum in and answer some of your toughest questions. I've been to hell and back, and now it's my mission in life to help you get to the other side of this process with your sanity and your heart intact. Hey everyone, welcome back. So tomorrow is my birthday, if you're listening to this on Thursday when it airs. (laughs) And for my birthday, I want you to join me on my uh, retreat in Sedona, Arizona. We have a few spots left, so it would really make me so happy. It would be like the best birthday present ever if I got like notifications of all of you joining my retreat. (laughs) KateAnthony.com slash retreat for more information. It's going to be awesome. Today I have with me Laura Cheadle. I love this conversation. I love Laura. We had just such a great time together. Laura is, she helps women overcome the devastation of betrayal and confidently engage in life again. She is a former attorney. She's a podcast host. I'm also going to be on her podcast, TEDx speaker, and award-winning author of Flaunt, Drop Your Cover and Reveal Your Smart, Sexy, and Spiritual Self. After being shattered by her husband's 15 years of infidelity, She uses her experience to help others reclaim their identity, self-worth, agency, and enthusiasm for life after betrayal. This is a great conversation with a pretty big plot twist, and I really hope you enjoy my conversation with Laura Cheadle. Laura, thank you so much for coming on and talking to us all about, I mean, I was gonna say all about infidelity, but it's not about infidelity. It's about what happens, what we do with it after. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, good. So let's just start with your own story. You, like so many of us, have uh, your own infidelity story. You want to give us a, tell us a little bit about Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I had been married for 23 years at the time, and I truly thought I had a really good relationship. I thought I had a really solid marriage. I thought we were working through things together. Um, Obviously, marriage is really hard. Relationships are hard. And for, th- for all the ups and downs, I thought, okay, we're, we're just managing it. You know, we're, we're smart together people. We're doing this together. Well, long story short, I found out over a series of about six months that my husband had been having multiple affairs uh, with five different women for 15 years. Oh, yeah. One long term and then four, you know, shorter terms. Mm -hmm. And for anybody who's been through it, it so completely pulls the rug out from under you. And I couldn't even assimilate what was happening or why, or how could this really be? And I I would wake up and it would literally be like being in a bad dream. I couldn't wrap my head around any of it. so traumatizing. 
it's just so traumatizing. You, you're, you know, I did not figure out that it had been happening to me until, until fortunately, until I was divorced. So I was actually spared the trauma. It was partly my own just willful blindness, but it's happened, you know, later on to like his, his second wife and the trauma is so intense because your whole life, your whole life is, is now like a sham. Like your whole reality is fractured. Yeah. And I look back at my kids who, you know, my youngest who was just graduating from uh, college or from high school at the time. And I'd look back and I think that's his whole childhood. Like he's just turning 18 and he's been having affairs for 15 years. Did we have a family where our experiences were so vastly different? And I, I, I mean, even now when I think about it too much, it's so confusing and my identity. Yeah. Who am I? Not only who is my reality, but who am I? Because we all have that perception of ourselves. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. I'm this loving wife and I'm this great mom. And I was an attorney too through during part of that time. And it's like all my pieces of my identity. And all of a sudden I thought, you're kidding me. Who am I and how stupid must I be? Right. I think we all have that. How fucking stupid. We're not. (laughs) <laughs> right. No, we're not. We're not. We're not. Even me who had like people, you know, I had like multiple babysitters quit for the same reason, <laughs> you know, but I was still not willing to see it. But even that, like I wasn't stupid. No, I was just unwilling to believe that my reality wasn't my reality. Right. Because why wouldn't it be? Why wouldn't it be? It doesn't yeah. make sense. Yeah. Right. And what I always say is trusting people, trust people. I mean, why would I not trust people? I'm a trusting person. I am trustworthy. And I gave to others what I expected people would give to me because of who I am, because of my values, because of my reality, because of my not being broken and not being an asshole. Right. (laughs) That part. (laughs) Yeah, that that part. (laughs) Right. I mean, really, it is you do, right? If you are not a pathological liar, Pathological lying makes no sense to you. No. No. I often think of it as like the first time you see the Grand Canyon, your brain has never experienced the vastness of it. And it's like everything kind of shifts. It takes like a solid few minutes at the Grand Canyon of looking over it for your brain to comprehend it right? As your brain like slowly shifts and adjusts to this magnitude. And I feel like it's the same thing. Like I've never had the experience of this before, this level of lying, this level of pathology. So it takes a while for your brain to like wrap around it. That is the best example, Kate. I love that because yes, you go, (laughs) what? (laughs) Yeah. What? This exists? How? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And by somebody who loves me, by somebody uh, who I'm supposed to be, I trust. Right. Wow. You're the most intimate person in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what happened next? So over the course of six months, it sort of started to unravel. Was there a, was there a moment? And then it was like, then you, un- then you unraveled the depths of it. Um. Yes. Originally I happened upon some texts and they were just <sighs> sexting, flirting. My husband explained, you know, 
you flirt too. Of course, I'm like in your face, like, oh, isn't he? I, I, I flirt out loud. I flirt with everybody. I flirt with women. I flirt with men. I flirt with children. Of course I'm. And he's saying, you are, you're at such a better place than I am. You're so much healthier and stronger and better looking. And I'm just flirting too, to stroke my ego. And it was kind of like, well, I get that. Yeah, I get it. And I'm sorry. And he had a lot of vulnerabilities going on at the time. He had gained some weight. This might come as a shock, but at age 44, because I'm a former lawyer, mom, at age 44, I started dancing. I started dancing burlesque. Mm -hmm. I started loving it. I was embracing my middle-aged mom body. I was just falling in love with me. I was just embracing all that. And I could understand, okay, I see why he would find that a little threatening, even though he comes to all of my shows, even though I would think he would know me. I get why he wants his ego stroke too, because I'm getting that. So I thought, okay, this makes sense, but we need to address it. Mm -hmm. About six months later, I get a letter, a card in the mail with a naked picture of my husband. Mm. And when I opened it, this will just kill you. I started giggling because I'm like, "Ah, he's sending me a naked picture of himself. Like, "Ah, what is he doing? Because again, it's like that Grand Canyon thing. Why else would you have a naked picture of your husband mailed to you? Right. Of course. He's doing it. It's flirty. It's cute. Except it wasn't from him, was it? (laughs) Yeah. And then as I hold it up and I'm like kind of laughing, he's like, what is that? And then I read it. It said, and it said like, congratulations on your marriage card. And it's signed from a woman. So like in a woman's handwriting. Oh, and and it, was think, addressed to, it was addressed to you, to me. And I thought, okay, this doesn't make sense. So then we started picking that one apart. And of course it was, I'm just sexting with her, really sexting with her. And of course I believed that for a while because this is the second but one. why is that okay? But that's right. Not, but re- <laughs> I'm just like, like, you don't sex with people. You're married to me. No, no. And it was our financial planner secretary. You don't text with the financial plan. Like really, you just don't do this, but okay. Let's, let's figure some of this out. Let's talk about it. Finally, it came out. No, I had sex with her. Okay. This is a problem. (laughs) You're leaving. I'm leaving. We're all done on his way. It was like a, I don't even remember how many days later, but he he's over here packing. We had called our marriage counselor. We're still going in for counseling. I get his phone. Of all things, I go to his sent items thing. There is an email from 15 years previous or 14 years previously celebrating their one year anniversary. Well, wait, this is again our friend. This, wait, what? And that's where I was like, I I mean, I, I want to kill you. I am done in so many different ways. I can't even, I hate you so passionately. I don't understand any of this. Mm. He moved out. He was very defensive. You know, I did it because you're a bitch. I did it because you're, oh. you know. Oh, oh. yeah. Mm-hmm. Hold. You're not, not emotional enough. You don't pay enough attention to me. Right. Too attached you, to the kids. Too attached. Mm-hmm, too caught and up. And then in your my burlesquing own. thing is because is you're, you're giving it to everybody else, but you don't give it to me. Uh, all of all. Mm-hmm. You know the story. Mm-hmm. I do. Very well. Yeah. 
So then now this is where things get really interesting and where your listeners might go, whoa, whoa, wait, what? <laughs> it was about two months after that. And I found out about two others. Hmm. And when I found out about those two others, it actually brought me more in to, are you freaking kidding me? What? How could there be five, like, okay, the sexting, you can kind of explain that away. This five women, like five women. Right. How is this even possible? That you know about. That I know about. <laughs> right. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's when I we started talking again. And I was like, seriously, I just need to understand this. I just, I don't understand any of this. And you, you have to just tell me what's going on. That's actually when he had his breakdown moment Mm -hmm. and was like, none of this is your fault. I am a sick man. I am broken. I have all of this trauma, some that you don't even know about. Mm-hmm. I am desperate. I hate myself. I am completely in. And it was like, okay, yeah. Now we kind of have a ball game because now we can kind of talk about some things because I don't know if I'm going to stay with you or not, but I know I wanted to understand. Yeah. And that's, we, we did some affair recovery. We've done so much counseling, but I feel like I'm at least kind of understanding Understanding that it wasn't me. Right. Because for me, that's the biggest part. Like why you did it is you can have your little come to Jesus moment. This is on you, buddy. Mm -hmm. But I need to understand for me what it meant. I need to understand what was real in my past and what wasn't real in my past. Yeah. And I'm willing to look at myself, totally willing, because I know none of us are perfect. Mm-hmm. But I also know that I don't deserve this. I didn't cause this. And I had no part in any of this. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. So when, because I hear this moment very often mm-hmm. with, you know, oh, it's me. It's me. I'm the, I am, I'm such a bad guy. Mea culpa, mea culpa. I'm a sex addict. I need to go to, I need to do trauma work. I need to go, you know, go do recovery work, go to the meadows, like, you know, all, whatever it is. Right. Right. And very often that's sort of a get out of jail free card. Yes. And so, well, give me the, give us the spoiler. Did you work through it? Are you still together? We are still together six years later. Okay. And (laughs) it's not like rainbows and butterflies. It's not Mm -hmm. like any of that. No. It's been freaking brutal. Sure. It's been him in therapy once a week, every week. It's Good. been us doing marriage stuff every other week. Mm-hmm. It's been him doing it like, I mean, he's doing everything. Yeah. It yeah. ruined his job. His career is over. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a complete upending. He's finally completely cut off his parent. A hundred percent restructuring of his life, as well as obviously my life and our life together. But you know what? It wouldn't have worked if it was any other way. You mean if he hadn't done the complete uh-huh. restructuring? Sure. Now, uh-huh. did did you kick him out? Did you have a period oh, of separation? Yes. yes. Okay, oh, yes. good. Yes. Oh, I yes. want to talk about that. Because Absolutely. This is where I really want to highlight, right? Because my clients very often are like, well, he said, you know, he 
he he said he took responsibility Mm-mm. and my response is great and now separate what? yes right and now what and so that is not your cue to dive back in and stay there you. that is your cue to stay separated and then watch what he does <laughs> yeah right yes. and is that what you did yes yes absolutely yeah yeah so what ha- so tell me what happened next so he do you separated we separated we spent the whole yeah like that I found out literally right on the eve of my son's graduation from high school, which is really hard timing because there's all these events and there's all these parties and they're getting him to college and right. And I'm just like, go, go die in a hole right now. I, you know, and one of the things that I appreciate so much about what you talk about is the kids, you do need to protect the kids and, and how do you give your kids the joy of high school graduation and still be in the midst of an infidelity crisis. Yeah. Yeah. How, how did you, it's a lot to balance. It's a lot to balance because I don't want to be completely fake in front of the kids. Oh, this is all great because they pick up on the energy around that. Sure. But it's, it's, it's how to stand in, in your integrity. How can I be very integrous in this situation? How can I honor and support you kids and be with the family and not be openly hostile and bitter towards you, but still show up. It's right for me. Yeah. yeah, I want to enjoy the experience for me too. I don't want you to ruin it for me. And I deserve Mm -hmm. to get my son's graduation and I deserve to be happy at his party. And I deserve to be happy at the concerts and I deserve to be happy and joy filled. And it was very all your also feel like you're dying inside. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So there's a lot of compartmentalization. And then, yes, you come home and you fall apart. Oh, honey, I'm so sorry. I mean, it's, I've been with so many women through this and, and, and people very close to me as well. And it is, it is, it is so hard. It is so hard and awful. And so, okay. So you separated and then And then he really started showing up. Yeah. He started doing a lot of his own work because he needed, he's got a back, you know, you talk about trauma. He's got a very traumatic Mm -hmm. background. I didn't know or understand or have any reason to understand what severe childhood trauma can do to a person, what attachment disorder does. I didn't know that. Why would most people know that? So as he started, we should, we should all actually know that (laughs) we we should should. really all fucking know that. Yes, exactly. Yes. Because if we did, it would change so many different things, Mm -hmm. but yeah, Mm -hmm. he started seeing a counselor. He started understanding like he was raised by two narcissistic parents. He had a lot of narcissistic tendencies. It's a defense mechanism to be raised. He was in foster care. He was severely, be- I don't know if you know the ACE, the adverse childhood experiences. Yeah. He's a nine out of 10. Yeah. He's had a lot. He had to mm-hmm. deal with that. It's not my job yeah. to deal with that. It's my job to right. understand what trauma does to a person and how it can be, how it, how it can cause them to react and to relate, but it's his job to deal with that. That's right. So that's what we did when we separated. He started dealing with that. He will be in counseling mm-hmm. or therapy the rest of his life. 
dealing with all of of this. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, listen, I think that there are, I, I think there's so many reasons. I mean, I don't want to get into why the, why men cheat, right? No. Because there's, I think there are a million reasons, but I think that this level of trauma, and this is exactly the same as my, uh, my ex, is that this level of trauma creates this insatiable need for a, attention, for love, for like, you know, look at me, look at me, because they have this bottomless pit of need that isn't being filled by us and by regular life, right? It's the excitement. It's the drama. It's the new people. It's the, right. Cause, cause it, for five minutes, it feels like it's working. Yes. And then it doesn't. And then they have to find something else and then they have to find something else. Yes. And that doesn't (sighs) just go away. Mm -mm. So that's why it's like, you have to, for men like your ex, my current husband, you need serious therapy for a long time. Right. And so, and so what I'm, I guess what I'm hammering home to my audience, because what, what happens, and I want to say this very clearly to my listeners right now, when my listeners hear a story of someone who was able to make it through and to, and to sort of patch the marriage up or, you know, heal from, they immediately go into, well, what can I do? to be that like, oh, well, it's possible. It's possible. So I'm going to, and I, and I want to stress that it's not what you do. No, it's what they do. Right. And I love that you said that too, because yes, I'm in the marriage right now. I also know very clearly now that I'm not committed, of course I'm committed, but I'm also in it day at a time. Yeah. He stops doing the work. I'm out of here. If I find out anything else that happened in the past that hasn't been revealed, I'm out of here. If anything else happens again, Mm -hmm. I'm out of here. This was an opportunity Mm -hmm. for me to get stronger in myself, for me to get clear about what was going on, for me to start making plans and preparing for if that happens, I will have a game plan in place where before I never had that. Right. It's a huge education. It's a huge gift. And of course I'm committed, but I'm also not stupid. One of the questions I get asked a lot in my Facebook group, my programs, on Instagram, is what do I do with my engagement ring, my wedding ring? I've got all of these beautiful diamonds. I don't know what to do with them. Well, today's sponsor, Worthy, can help you get the most money possible for your jewelry, fast and risk-free. When you partner with Worthy, They do all the work for you, and their competitive auctions get you up to three times what a local jeweler would offer in as little as two weeks. The best part about Worthy is that you are in charge of what happens to your jewelry. You set the reserve price, you approve the winning bid, and then you get paid. And if your item doesn't sell for the price that you want, Worthy sends it back to you at no cost, fully insured. And now you can visit worthy.com slash DSG and get an extra $100 when your jewelry sells for over $1,500. That's worthy.com slash DSG. Worthy, a better way to cash in on that hidden asset in your jewelry box. Worthy.com slash DSG. And did you go through a fair recovery you know, programs and whatever and disclosures. And so you have your disclosures in place. What do you mind sharing the kinds of disclosures that you have in place? Cause I think this is also another thing that my audience sometimes misses Mm -hmm. is the importance of disclosures. 
Yes. Um, And another thing, my husband and I are both attorneys. mm -hmm. And I think that makes things a little bit different as well, too. Interesting. Yes. Because that a couple of different reasons. We have got like the marital agreements in place, Mm -hmm. you know, that it's almost contractual. It is contractual. Right. You know, if something else comes Uh out, I'm doing this. I know very clearly what I need to do, what he's going to do. I have full access to his phone. I have all of his passwords. Um, I can, here's a balance. I don't want to track his location all the time. That is not my job. I am not his mother. Mm -hmm. But if I ever ask for it, I get it. I get what I want. Mm -hmm. That's right. If If I am having a trigger, if I'm having a panicked moment, I can say, send me a picture of this. Send me... I get what I want. That's right. And I hold all the cards, not in a mean, controlling, abusive way, but I hold all the cards in this. If I need something, he needs to step up to the table and give it to me. Mm -hmm. If I'm being abusive in asking that, that's a conversation he can then ask me. I feel like you were being abusive by asking for this. And then I can respond. That has never happened. Because again, that's not my intention. Right. Mm-hmm. And because he is sufficiently contrite, I think is the really important piece, right? He's he's legitimately contrite. So when you say, I'm having a panicked moment, show me this, his response is, I want to make my wife feel safe, yes. not fuck you, you don't get to control me. No, no. Right. I broke my wife's trust. And so therefore, I want to make her feel safe. And so of course, I will I will give this to her. Exactly. Exactly. And, and and just by comparing and contrasting the first couple months when we were separated, it was nasty. You know, I would say, how do I know you're not talking to somebody? Well, you're just not going to know. I mean, we, you know, we had that bickering. Right. Yes. Until, until a really good therapist said to him, uh-uh, <laughs> you <laughs> don't to talk, it doesn't work that way. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. You're, I, I've talked about this on another podcast. I talk about this all the time. The only person that gets to say when trust is restored is the person who's been betrayed. <laughs> That's it. Yes. Right. Cause you have people say, you know, I've heard husbands be like, oh my God, it's over. What, when are you going to let this go? Right. Well, not until I feel safe. Right. And maybe, maybe never. And maybe it's going to mm-hmm. pop up in all these random places because I will still have moments. All of a sudden, something will come up and I'll think, oh, what about that? And then I will ask him and then he will tell me everything. Oh, my God. That party we were at 10 years ago and you walked out of the room and you were gone for a while and I couldn't find you. I just remembered that. What happened? Yes. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh, my goodness. So, okay. So this was obviously a huge catalyst for your growth and obviously helping other women. Yes. Right. Sort of yes. identify these things. And and so can you talk about that now, like how you help women with this? Yes. What I yeah. noticed in my own journey was there was so much focus on sometimes do I separate or do I stay together? And I kept thinking that's not really the question. The question is, who am I and what do I want and what do I deserve mm-hmm. and what am I not going to tolerate anymore? Right. And that's kind of my sweet spot. That's where I really get into it with women. Who are you? What right. do you want in this life? You know, they talk yeah. about the number one regret of the dying being, I wish I would have lived a life that I wanted, 
versus the life everybody else wanted. Mm. I'm sorry, but most women self-sacrifice, you know, whether it's for absolutely. Well, it's, that's what we're taught. Totally. Totally. Mm -hmm. And that's what was so monumental for me is figuring out I'm not my labels. I'm not my roles. I'm not my scripts. I am me. Who is Laura? And I didn't know. Mm -hmm. I didn't know who I was and who I I knew who I was in relation to other people. Mm -hmm. You know? Right. Yeah. But not, not just you, just as, as your sort of core solo being. Yeah. That's so hard. I think so many of us struggle with that. God, it's so hard. Yes. And like to say, I want out of this marriage or I want Mm -hmm. great. Mm -hmm. So what? because of what? Once you're out, then what? Oh, I want then another what? relationship. Mm-hmm. Well, well, what no. kind? <laughs> what, wait, wait, wait. I, I mean, if you're looking for Slow someone to down. complete you, you're that. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. It's not going to work. Right. And and so many of us are. And I mean, I do the same work right in my should I stay or should I go programs like it is yes. all about who are you first, first and foremost? What do yeah. you want? What do you value? Because if you don't do that work, you're going to go out and repeat the patterns. Yes. Hundred percent, yeah. And the yeah. blame and the shame around repeating that those patterns, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's not it's not our fault. We have right. been conditioned to do this. Sure, absolutely, yeah. And it's our responsibility to stop. Yes, right. Yes. It's not your husband's fault that he, you know, did all this cheating and ha- had this trauma and all of that stuff. But it is his responsibility to look at it and to clean yes. it up and to do the work. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about your book because I want to hear. I want to hear more about this. So the book is called Flaunt, um, and you say that it's a manifesto and a how-to manual for coming back to life, reclaiming your power, identity, and self-work, a self-worth. And it is an an acronym. So I want you to talk about. I just talk about all of the things. Yeah, what is it an acronym <laughs> for? It is an acronym for F is find your fetish. And that's Mm. really finding those juicy things that just light you up. L is for laugh out loud. We get so in our head that we're doing things right and we're doing things wrong and that it's, oh my God, it's a trauma that he cheated and it's awful that I got a divorce. Can we bring some levity, bring some humor, get us, regulate our nervous system, get us out of fight, flight, freeze, or fawn and just chill out so we can finally build some real resilience and have some joy Mm -hmm. along the way. Mm -hmm. AU is the golden center of flaunt. And that stands for accept unconditionally. And I think that's where so many of us get tripped up. Well, if he does this, then I'll do that. Yeah. No, no, no. We got to accept it. You got to accept that he cheated, that you're divorced, that it's a bad parenting situation, whatever it is. Once you accept it for what it is, you can quit trying to control other people. You can quit tap dancing around, trying to make everything perfect and putting on, you know, false positivity, accept it, which is really hard, but that's the only time then that your next steps will be right for you. If I accept, then I know what to do. I don't. Like right. it, mm-hmm. yeah, but I, right. I don't like it. That's 
that's the hard thing. It, it's the accepting, you know, we all, it's like, you know, a, a trope everybody says all the time. Like, can you accept them exactly as they are in this moment? And like, people are like, fuck no. Right. Fuck no. Like, okay, but what if you had to? Yeah. What if you had to accept that this is it, right? It, it is like, whoa, it's gross, but it's also clear. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. there's, yeah, so many people, times people will say like, well, I can't live with an alcoholic. Well, you are. You're just not admitting and accepting that he's an alcoholic. You're just spinning right. the words around. So you're not helping yourself. You're keeping yourself right. in the exact same spot, doing the exact same things until you accept. Yeah. And then so, back to the acronym, the N yeah, coming N, right yep. after that mm-hmm. yeah, is navigate mm-hmm. the negative. Because once you accept it, that's when you can start moving. And that's when you start navigating. What is my next step forward? And if you make a next step forward and it's wrong, how do you re-navigate around it? Very few things are final. And the last yeah. step, yeah, is my favorite. I think it is T for trust in your truth. We're the mm. only ones who know how we feel. We right. know inside if this is not going to work. We know somewhere deep inside when we're gaslighting ourselves, we know mm-hmm. it. We just feel icky and we explain it away. Oh, no, 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 no. It doesn't make sense. Oh, well, I'm going to do. No. Right. It's... Mm-hmm. We know. We know. We just don't want to admit it. We don't want to know. <laughs> but we know, right? Right. And it is it's that same thing about accept. When you're in that acceptance, you know. Mm-hmm. And what's next is hard, but right. You, um, in, in 12 step programs, right. They have in Al-Anon in particular, they've got the three A's, which is awareness, acceptance, and action. And the hardest thing, most of us want to go from awareness to action. Mm -hmm. Right. And, but skipping over acceptance is not, it, it doesn't work. No, it doesn't. Right. Because your action should not be, because if you go from, from awareness to action, you're actually going from awareness to reaction. Yes. Right. And so the aware, the acceptance piece is where you get to choose Mm -hmm. what your action is going to be. Yeah. And what I do a lot with that awareness piece, because I love that you said that, like I said earlier, I started dancing burlesque at age 44. Mm -hmm. My book is based on the concept, the idea of stripping down because we all put on foundation garments, you know, makeup hair dye. We layer on all of these things because we feel like we're building our self-worth. And when we strip down, how can you be as comfortable and as confident in yourself, naked, whether it's Mm -hmm. metaphoric or literal, Mm -hmm. as you are in your foundation garments and power pumps and blowout? There's a gap between how we all Fuck yeah. Huge. Huge. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Just before the end of my marriage, and it was one of the things that I think was a catalyst for me, was um, similarly, I was doing S Factor. Yes. Um, And for those who don't know, it's it's pole dancing, basically. But but it's not, right? Because it's done in candlelit rooms with no mirrors. You are finding your sensuality in a room with other women, practically in the dark, your eyes are closed for a lot of it. And all you're doing is feeling into your body and, and you can't see yourself. So you're not judging yourself. 
Yes. <laughs> right? And it is so empowering. And it is so, I mean, it's, it really is just, it is the empowerment of, of that. Then when I would go home and I had nowhere to bring that and it wasn't safe for me to bring that. And I knew that that part of myself that I was discovering and uncovering, as you said, without the foundational garments. Yeah, sure. We had like stripper shoes and, you know, and little like boy shorts and all that, all that stuff. Sure. But I couldn't. I could not bring that self to my marriage. And that's when I was like, hmm, <laughs> that says something. This is a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Whether people take a burlesque class or a pole dancing class or whatever, I think there is that there's something to that getting in. I don't know. What is it? Like, you know, closing your eyes and feeling into yourself and your body, like, right. And who you are, as you were talking about, how do you work with women to do that? Say without burlesque, without (laughs) dancing, right? Like how does that work for people who are just, you know, not going to be able to do that or not willing to do that? Oh, exactly. A a, a couple of different ways. One of the Mm -hmm. simplest, easiest things I have my little bottle of scented hand lotion right here on my desk because (laughs) I will have women Go select a lotion that you like. Go select Mm -hmm. the fragrance, the texture, and let's put it on together. Let's Mm -hmm. rub it into our cuticles. Let's give yourself a hand massage. Just start to notice how it feels to touch your own hands. And I cannot tell you how often women will start crying. And they're like, they're beautiful and they're soft. And I'll like now smell them. I mean, it's a beautiful experience. Mm-hmm. I had a, a a friend of mine have, uh, she has people when you're putting your lotion, similar with the lotion, it made me think of this, that after your shower, when you're putting lotion on, we tend to just be like, okay, just rub that in and like, okay, we're good. But yeah. what if you just took time yes. to like rub it into your body, your whole body now, right? Yes. We're not just doing your hands, but your whole body. Yes. And take that like sensual time with yourself. And it's really, at first it can be really uncomfortable. Yes. Yeah. I love that you said that because I have a whole chapter in my book too about, I used to get ready like in a half an hour, you know, it was mm-hmm. business. You brush your teeth, you get ready. And then how I expanded that intentionally. I'm taking a full hour every day. I buy shampoo that I love. And I changed it. Like right now I'm using one that smells like coconut because I love it. And Mm -hmm. I bought a contact case with pink flamingos on it because I love it. And I got toothpaste that I love. And I got a tooth, like I bought the things for me and I've intentionally Mm. slowed down. And I listen to music on my phone and I've intentionally slow and I'll, I'll breathe. And it's just being in your body yeah. It's scary, yeah. especially when, like me, like you're used to being in your head and your head is 24 seven dropping out of that is really, first of all, for me, it's hard to remember. I just forget that I've decided that that's what I want to do. Um, and it's confronting. Yes. Yes, it is. And the other thing um, you can see, cause we're on video, but for all people listening yeah. behind me, I have a feather boa. And it does, and it's like my, it's my, in my favorite color. Thank you, mine too. <laughs> and a leopard teal. Yes, it is beautiful uh-huh. teal. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. like a fake leopard throw. And I also will t- have people get a blanket, wrap it around your shoulders, mm. feel the weight and the comfort 
Mm-hmm. My my kids yes. had a sensory in- integration as youngsters, and I learned so much about pressure and touch and how it can make us feel safe. And sometimes I will have people take a blanket, put it on you, feel the weight, feel the comfort, and then take them through a meditation or a hypnosis in, is this becoming cumbersome? Is this mm. becoming heavy? Is mm-hmm. this wearing you down? Now, how do you liberate yourself and break free from that blanket? Mm. And you're yeah. like, whoo, this feels good. And just that yeah. awareness, heavy comfort pressure inhibiting the different stages of what it can be. Yeah. That's why weighted, that's why God invented weighted blankets. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> my son has sensory issues too. And it's, it was, it was a game changer for a while there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, this is so, this is just so exciting. So in your book, Flaunt, you have some steps I'm hearing yes. from what we've been talking about so far. Um, so, so what are some of the other steps? And I'm also getting that a lot of this is a somatic experience, which I think that we are really coming to learn in, at least in our community, right? In the coaching and therapy communities as being like really fucking important. Oh my gosh. Yeah. 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 So what are some more of the steps? Uh, one of the most important things I think, like going back when I said the acronym is flaunt and F is yeah. find your fetish. I just want to foot stomp that, that it's so important. Like you were saying earlier, we get in our head. I can figure this out. I can make the decision if I'm going to stay or go. I can hire the right divorce coach. I can hire the right attorney. I can get the custody plan. And we have these checklists in our head. And checklists are great. We need to understand finances. We need to have good divorce coaches. We need to have good, like, yes. Right. But it's the and. It's the and that comes after that. You're going through a really tough time and you can have moments of joy. Mm. You're feeling a lot of pain. You can't get off the floor. You can't eat. You're crying. And you can still witness the sunrise. You can Mm. still taste that fresh orange. It's the and that I think so often we miss. And that I missed because I was so determined to get through this. I was so determined to figure it out. And that's that find your fetish piece. What do you love? Do you love fragrances? Do you love taste? Do you love deep conversations? One thing that I realized I loved was holding my hot cup of coffee in the morning. Mm. Loved wrapping my cold hands around it and I could smell it. And it didn't matter if I was up crying all night. It didn't matter if I didn't know what I was supposed to do. I would just give myself that moment to really feel my hot cup of coffee and to just be like, that smells good. Mm. And it's just finding those moments of fetish, those moments of, woo, this lights me up and it feels good. Mm, yeah. And that's so important. It doesn't mean that I'm not sad. It doesn't mean that I'm not heartbroken. It doesn't mean that my whole life might be completely disastrous. It doesn't. It means that in this breath, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. It right. means that I saw that sunrise and it was pretty. Mm-hmm. It means that my friend 
brought me a Starbucks iced tea on the way over and sat in the sun with me. And I appreciate, I sobbed for her, but I appreciated that she came over and is willing to be there. Yeah. And all of these, you know, what you're really talking about is this, you know, being in the present moment because so much of the pain and the agony of what you're going through in that moment is first of all, thinking about the past and mm-hmm. and like, oh my God, like, what was that? And what was that? And what was that? And how many more? And, and, and when we were doing that, like he wasn't even there, he would like, I thought we were on this great vacation, but he was right. And so it's all past. And then there's future anxiety of, you know, I'll never get through this or, you know, what is he going to do next or whatever it is. Yes. Right. But in, but when these moments that you're talking about these, these fetishes, yes. Um, <laughs> But in these moments, what you're talking about is is the present moment. My hands are around the cup of coffee, my connection with my friend, my, you know, watching the sunrise, right? Every all of these are mindful moments yes. dropping you into this moment. I'm okay. I'm okay. I yeah. feel like I'm gonna die when I think about the past or the future, but right in this moment, I'm okay. Yes. And that launches forward to the end and flaunt, which is the navigate. Especially from my past as an attorney, things are right or wrong. You win or you lose. It's good or it's right. so much black and white. And right. there's a chapter in my book that's called Living in the Glitter. And people can have this visual something is black, something is white. Glitter is that silver shimmery and it picks up the colors around it. And if you toss glitter into the air or the sunlight, it's this array of colors. And we live in the glitter. Things are not always good. They're not always bad. Sometimes you think it's horrible and you catch, it catches the sunlight just right. And you're like, that's it. It's that beautiful too. And I didn't know. And that's what navigating is about is really releasing a lot of the attachments around. Is this good or is this bad? I made the wrong choice. I hired the wrong person. I said the wrong thing. No, my God, you didn't. You just didn't. So what right. if you, he's, over- he's wrong. I'm right. I'm wrong. He's right. Right. Yes. It's the black and white. Mm-hmm. I mess up all the time. It's okay. Yeah. Even navigating this journey, you know, forward with my husband again, it's not sunshine and butterflies and rainbows. There's been some bad times. Mm-hmm. He's messed up. I've messed up. And it's how do you have the grace and the awareness to not beat yourself up, to not beat the other person up. And to know where are we moving forward in grace? And then what's what's a game changer where now nah, I got to get out? It's glitter. Mm-hmm. It's confusing. It is, know. right? Because when you give people grace around making mistakes, right? <laughs> then are you betraying yourself again in the trauma, right? Or or are you giving grace for for progress and, and right. Like, and, and how do you know? Yes. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And how, you know, is that last step in flaunt, which is the trusting in your truth. Mm -hmm. Is he sufficiently contrite? Are we having a thinking state discussion? Is he making amends? Am I making amends? Are we both figuring, how does this feel in my body? Do I feel like I'm a cat with my claws out and it feels icky and I feel like I'm betraying myself? Do I feel like a martyr or right. am I in, I'm, I'm big on integrity. Am I in integrity? Yes. Am I, am I losing myself in this mm-hmm. or am I standing in, in integrity in my truth? Mm-hmm. 
Am I asking for what I want and speaking for what I need? Or am I thinking, I hope somebody gets that. (laughs) Right. Why doesn't he know I need him to X, Y, Z. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh Right. This is all so beautiful. Mm-hmm. It really is like I'm just feeling speaking of like being in this moment, right? Like I'm feeling sort of the beauty of this washing over me. Yeah. And I love it. Yeah. I love it. Because it's a process, not a destination. Mm-hmm. And we live our life destination focused. You graduate, you go to college, you get engaged, you get a dog, you get a house, <laughs> you get a kid. I mean, just check, check, check. You know, we we're uh-huh. so destination focused. And infidelity was not a destination I ever chose. No. Divorce is not a destination people choose. But we're here now. How are we going to dance with it? Yeah. Because again, I I love the dance analogies. How are we? It's, It's give, it's take, it's knowing when to walk away. What's the music that's playing right now? Are you going to sit it out? Are you going to dance it? I mean, it's, you don't know and you just have to be in it. Right. Five years down the road, maybe I will realize I've made a horrible mistake and that's okay. I have to give myself grace for what I didn't do back then. And is it a mistake if you're present in the moment and you're going through the process? Is there, are there any mistakes? No, no, no. And what have I learned from this? You know, just constantly reflecting Mm -hmm. back. I'm a better person now. So inspiring. Thank you so much, Laura. I love this conversation. I'm very inspired by it myself. So thank I'm you. So glad. <laughs> I have thoroughly I'm gonna, enjoyed. I'm go get my lotion on. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Where can people find you and your work and your book? Yes. Wonderful. My book is available anywhere books are sold. Barnes and Noble, Amazon, anything like that. You can get your Betrayal Recovery Guide at betrayalrecoveryguide.com. And you can find out more about me at laurachedle.com. And it's L-O-R-A-C-H-E-A-D-L-E. Laura, thank you so much. You're awesome. And really, this has been great. Thank you so much. Right back at you. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Divorce Survival Guide podcast. If you like what you hear, head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in and leave me a review. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at The Divorce Survival Guide. I'll see you next time. And until then, remember, you, my love, deserve to be happy.